Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, it's good to have Russ Carter back with us, amen? Yeah, not that he's ever gone anywhere. He's been here all along, but uh, I wanted to give you this uh, microphone. Now behave yourself. Don't say anything crazy, okay? <laughs> this, uh, uh, let me say this. Russ and Joanne and Rick and Laura were the first people to ever show up at uh, Friends and Family. That was a while back, and I just thank God for them. They've been so faithful and steadfast over the years. It's just been amazing. Russ, welcome. God bless you, brother. If we'll all stand to hear the reading. Now, he said not to say anything crazy. He's tempted me. Crazy. John 6, 61 through 71 says, Aware that his disciples were grumbling about this, Jesus said to them, Does this offend you? Then what if you see the Son of Man ascend to where he was before? The spirit gives life, the flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of the spirit and life. Yet there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus had known from the beginning which of them would betray him. He went on to say, this is why I told you that no one can come to me unless the Father has enabled them. From this time, many of his disciples turned away, or turned back, and he no longer followed, they no longer followed him. You do not want to leave me too, do you? Jesus asked the twelve. Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of life, of eternal life. We have come to believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. Then Jesus replied, I have not chosen you the twelve, have I not chosen you the twelve? Yet one of you is a devil. He meant Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, who through one of the twelve was later in to betray him. <clears throat> okay. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your scripture. We thank you for your, your effect in our lives. We thank you, Lord, that you love us. We thank you that you care for us, even though we do all these things wrong. And we ask, Lord, that you'd be in our midst. Bless us today, each one that's here, and the ones that can't make it. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Thank you, Russ, so, so much. And y'all can have a seat. Uh, today we are going to talk a little bit about the things that really matter most in terms of being involved in ministry. And I have been uh, reading a book uh, recently called What is So Amazing? What is So Amazing About Grace? And it's a wonderful book. If you've not have ever seen it or ever read it, I would recommend it to you. What is So Amazing About Grace? And when the author points out that the church, could you turn this down just a little? I'm getting some feedback. Just It's gold, just a hair. There you go. Thanks. Uh, and I'll stand over here where I'm not in front of the speaker. Maybe that'll help. A little too. Thank you, Jace. Uh, but he makes the point that it is only one thing, really, that the church has to offer anybody. And we can have bake sales and fish fries, but there are other people who can bake better bread and other people who can make better fish. Did you hear there's going to be a Chick-fil-A come to town? I thought, well, that's pretty positive. And we can have fried chicken here at the church, but we can't do it as well as Chick-fil-A. At least, well... I don't think we can unless we are better at frying chicken than I think we are. There's a guy in Atlanta that makes great chicken. I think he could compete with uh, Chick-fil-A. But what do we offer? What is it that the church has to offer anybody? Really, why would anybody even show up here on Sunday when you stop and think about it? What is this about? <clears throat> and the author of this book points out something that I also believe, and that is that the one thing we can offer people is mercy, is grace, is forgiveness. And in every religion studied, he points this out, it might have been another book I was reading, but I know from my own research and studies years ago, all religions require that you pay for your sins. All religions, basically, you've got to do penance, you have to do something, you have to live up to the expectations in order to pay back for the wrongs you've done. It's only in the Christian faith that uh, people are offered something for nothing. And that something is full and free and complete love and pardon and forgiveness. It's only, it's the only place that you can find this. And I must say that sometimes it creeps into the church, this other notion that <clears throat> we'll love you as long as you don't disappoint us. We'll love you as long as you keep your nose clean. We'll love you as long as you don't commit any sins or do anything that people could find fault with. As long as you keep up the outer veneer, if you will, people will, we will accept you. But if you mess up, well, maybe not so much. Do you ever feel this? Do you ever feel like in your own personal life that you have to conceal and hide your own personal struggles for fear that someone will know? I think it would be surprising to know how many of us feel that way and how many of our family and people we work with and people in our, in our relationships feel this way. How many in society, the millions of people who struggle in the solitude and isolation, afraid to, to really speak to their own personal battles and struggles. And why? Because, well, we don't want to be judged, right? We don't want to be criticized. We don't want to be condemned. You know, there's a verse in the Bible that says, confess your faults to one another that you may be healed. 
I have a version of that from myself through my experience, and that is this. Confess your faults to one another so that you may be condemned. <laughs> that's the way it goes a lot of times. I'm sorry to say that, but that's, that's the truth. I always try to, to tell you, you know, the whole story. But at times we as Christians tend to honestly be as hard on people as anybody else would be. And we cannot become like that. If we do, then we have lost the one thing that we have that's worthwhile, the one thing that we have to offer people, and that is forgiveness and grace and mercy, and we make allowances for them. And the, the Scripture teaches us how this is done. It teaches us that when we see our brother or our sister overtaken in a fault, we are to consider ourselves lest we also be tempted. It is so easy to pile on. It's so easy to look at someone's flaws, especially if it's known to be a truth, and just say, well, isn't that just an outrageous situation? Isn't that just a terrible, terrible thing? We can be merciful to the uh, alcoholic as long as the alcoholic has not become part of the Christian fellowship, but we find greater difficulty being merciful to the alcoholic who sits beside us in the pew. We have greater difficulty being uh, tolerant of a brother who struggles with a, a drug addiction than we do with someone who is outside of the church. You know, our answer for them is, well, if you'll just be saved, then you can give up your drug addiction and then you can become good people like us. There was a little girl who at night was praying, dear Lord, help the bad people be good and help the good people be nice. That's a, a very insightful prayer for a little child. Sometimes the good people aren't very nice. And one of the traits of Jesus was that even when people betrayed him and walked away from him, he was always good to them. He was always offering to them his kindness and his mercy and his grace. And we know this from these stories of, well, for example, we're going through this series that Anne mentioned a few weeks ago, the, these various scriptures that she had chosen for us to consider, and we're continuing on with that. As a matter of fact, this passage of scripture, uh, she, was, she chose this passage of scripture uh, several weeks ago for us to consider today. And so that is where this scripture springs from, and it's one of those series that uh, she had offered for our consideration, and today we're looking at this one, and it's about betrayal, because thousands of people were following Jesus. They were so thrilled and enthralled with him, but then one day he said, you know, this is going to require some personal sacrifice. I'm going to ask you to uh, share in my suffering. I'm going to ask you to drink the cup that I drank, and eat my flesh and drink my blood, which was symbolism for saying, be part of my crucifixion. In other words, be, be willing to give up your life to follow me. Well, you know, I like the free lunch. I like that uh, bread, that, that bread that you gave us out on the mountainside when he fed 5,000 people with, with the bread and the fish. I really enjoy the, the bake sales and I really enjoy the fish fries. Those are really wonderful. But to follow you and give up my own life for the sake of you, I, I have to say, I, that's taking it just a little too far. So they turned and they went away by the thousands. They turned away from him. And they said, this is a difficult saying. Who can endure something like this? Who can, who can ask us to eat his flesh and drink his blood? 
And so the situation is we read this morning was that the disciples were looking at this. The crowds have gone. There's, there's no one there. It's just them standing there with Jesus. And Jesus turns and looks at Peter and he says, are you going to also go? And uh, Peter gives the answer that is the focus of our thought for this morning, and that is, Lord, to whom else can we go? For you only have, only you have the words of life. The words of life. Where else can we go? And so they continued on with Jesus. Now, wouldn't it be great if in life we could always just make those right calls? You know, when everyone else is wrong, we were right. We stood by the truth. We were there and we were faithful and, and we, we carried on when everyone else was giving up. Wouldn't it be a good feeling if we could just look at ourselves and say, boy, you know, that's just who I am and the way I am. But if we follow these stories about Peter, we discover that while he did very well and made a nice A plus on this particular day, you know what happens later in his life? He becomes one of those who also turns away from Jesus. He becomes one of those who follows at a distance, the story will tell us. We'll get to that story more later on and elaborate upon it maybe a little bit more. But he becomes one that not only does he, not only does he say, uh, I'm going to follow you, but I'll follow you at a distance. He, he goes so far as to begin to deny that he even knows the Lord, you know. So when he denies that he knows Christ, and he swears that he knows that he doesn't know Christ. He didn't get such a A plus, did he? He didn't do so well that day. And in life, it's like that. At least it's like that for me. I'll just be honest with you. There are times when I'm just as bad a sinner as any sinner on the planet Earth. And now just think about the worst sinner that you know and just plug my name in there. I've always said from the beginning of this ministry that I'm no better or different than anybody who is here. I'm no better or any different than you. And so because of this, I have always said it's about someone besides me. It's never been about me. I don't want it to be about me. Some people say this is Larry's church. I've heard that expression. Please don't ever say that because this is, in my view, not mine at all, but God's and Christ's. And we are a part of a vast church that is worldwide. And so this is just where we meet locally for now. It's a beautiful thing, but it isn't really anything about me. Please, please understand this. I couldn't be more sincere about that. Uh, but in my life, and I think I'm speaking for some of you at least, maybe not all. There may be some people who are like my wife, Susan. I don't think Susan's ever done anything wrong in her entire life. <laughs> I look at her and I think, how in the world could you be like that? <laughs> Please give me something here. But she is just so amazing. I just, I just think, oh my gosh, why in the world she took a liking to me? I've never been able to understand. But if you're like me, I, I stumble around and just like anybody else. Now, I don't know if there's anybody in the room who's never sinned, but if so, would you just lift a hand? We'd like to meet you after the service. You know, it's just so amazing. But we're so easy to, 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 well, Brother Rick, I'll be. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of like that guy that was that, this preacher that was saying, do you know anybody who was absolutely perfect? And he, he 
saw a man raise his hand back in the back row, and he said, well, who was that? And he said, well, my, my wife's first husband must have been perfect, it's according to everything I hear about him. But uh, <clears throat> anyway, uh, let's just be honest. We all fail, okay? Let's all, we all fall short. Sometimes it's a little thing. Sometimes it could be even a bigger thing. You know, nobody's exempt from failure. But I think it's John Maxwell who says, you never learn anything from succeeding. You only learn in your failing. You only learn from your failures. So here he is on this day. He says, we're sticking with you, Lord. We're sticking with you because you have the words of life. And it makes me wonder, what are these words of life? What would you think they are? What words, let's say that you were a person who, has, like I have just described, had a terrible failing in your life, some terrible guilt and sh feeling of shame that you carry around with you like a lead rock right in, the center of your, right in the center of your soul. And you're walking around with this thing and it's constantly on your mind. As the psalmist David said, this sin is ever before me. It's always on my mind. It's always, I'm always aware of my failing. I'm always aware of my weakness. I'm always aware of my sin. Have mercy on me, O oh God. Have mercy on me and blot this thing out because I need so badly to hear a word of grace. But let's say that you are carrying something like that today, and that this is where you are right now. What word of life, what words would you need to know that your future and your life in the, in the days to come is going to be beautiful and good and rich and happy and full. Would you need a word of correction? No. Would you need a word of truth? A word of judgment? Would you need a word of condemnation? No, you don't need any of that. You already feel so bad that you cannot stand to look yourself in the mirror. You don't need anybody to tell you where you have failed or what you've done. You know better than they the sorrow you feel in your heart for your, for your sin. What you need, and what I need in those times, is a word of grace. And these are the words of grace. I know everything there is to know about you, and I love you. That's what you need to hear. You need to hear somebody say, you know, we all struggle in life. Nobody is perfect. Everybody has sins. Most of them are concealed, almost always concealed. Sometimes they become obvious, but some, but many of them are concealed, and, and we know about your concealed sins, and we love you anyway. And we know that that's not all that you are. Because there is a mother who has children and she cares for them and she loves them and she, she does all in her power to have a good home. She likes to go uh, to the beach and play in the sand. She loves to take walks on the crisp fall morning. She has a marvelous life in so many, many ways. And she's loved and admired by her children and by her relatives who live in Texas or 
California or wherever they live. There's a whole lot more to this woman's life than the drug addiction she struggles with. She is not a drug addict. She is a human being for whom God, for whom Christ died and whom God loves. When we look at each other in these, with these eyes, we are speaking the words of life also. The sinners ran to Jesus. The religious people ran away from him. I figured that out. Why? Why? It's because Jesus loved people. Now, you may have come to a place in your life right now that you think it's just going to stop, it's just going to end, that you can't go on, that there's no real solution for you. Now, you have some choices to make. You can decide that you're going to take your life. And there are many people who come to a point in their life that they feel that if I look at tomorrow, I can't see any way to move forward, and they just become consumed and overwhelmed with, with fear, with guilt, with shame, and they just give up and destroy themselves. Do you remember the night that Peter swore and said he didn't know Jesus? Well, there were other betrayers that night also. These other betrayers, you know how many of the disciples betrayed Jesus that night? All of them. Every single one of them. And Jesus said, I know, you're all going to walk away. You're all going to betray me. Now, how did Jesus handle these betrayals? He handled them by loving every single betrayer. And that's why this is called Peter, writing in his epistles later, said, this is the gospel of grace. And he knew it from his own experience. This is a gospel of grace. And what is grace? It comes from a word in the original language that is equivalent to gift. This is the gospel of gifts, a gift, something undeserved, unearned, something that you could never expect. Kind of like that uh, Chinese uh, proverb thing that I read from <laughs> the restaurant the other night. This week coming, you will have unexpected support. I thought, oh, yeah, baby, I need it, please. And I wasn't really thinking about financial support. It Really, I was joking about that. What I really thought of was, do you suppose there's somebody who would uh, offer me a word of grace? Maybe that's what that means. We come to those points in life when we think, well, how can I go on? Can I face tomorrow? I'm going to say something here that you may not have heard before, but I want to tell you about one of those disciples who's mentioned in our scripture this morning. His name is Judas. Now, he has a universal condemnation for who he is, and his name, the name itself has become a, a, a form of uh, equivalent to any kind of uh, betrayal, or it's, it's always used in a very negative way, the name Judas, right? May I say to you, my dear friends, Jesus loved Judas every bit as much as he loved Peter. Jesus loved Judas every bit as much as he loved anybody else or ever as much as he loves you. And the only reason that Jesus didn't say to Judas, feed my sheep, is because Judas ended his life before he had an opportunity to discover the words of life that would have come to him had he not done so. I am convinced that if Judas 
had not killed himself, he too would have heard Jesus say, Judas, do you love me? Judas, feed my sheep. So don't give up on yourself and don't kill yourself, please. And you may say, well, that sounds rather bizarre to say something to that. It's just us here today. No, it isn't bizarre to say that because you don't know what some people in this room may be going through. And I don't either. But I just know enough to know that in Anderson, Indiana, there was a 16-year-old boy sitting in church one Sunday night and he even got on the stage and played his bass guitar and they sang the song, put your hand in the hand of the man who stilled the waters. Put your hand in the hand of the man who calmed the sea. But there was a sea stirring and boiling in him that was not calm even though they were singing about it that night. And we never know what people are struggling with and what people are going through. We have to keep our, our hearts open to this possibility. We have to always be quick with mercy and quick with forgiveness rather than quick with judgment. And that little 16-year-old kid, the next morning his parents went to work and he, they thought he was going to school and he stayed home and he took his life. And I was there and I was in that home and I was present when that kind of thing happens. The aftermath is horrendous. And I was involved in removing some of the things that occurred in the execution of his, in the killing of, his, of himself. It was a very profound experience for me. Somehow the night before when I gave my message, I didn't get the message through to him. And he had been kicked out of school again. And his parents had said, don't ever get kicked out of school again. And for whatever reason, he just felt that he could not face his parents. He couldn't face the truth. He had failed before. Now he had failed again. Maybe he had failed two or three times. He was always getting in trouble at school. He thought, I'm such a bad person. I'm such a disappointment. I'm so awful. I have caused my parents such embarrassment. Shame on me. And he took his father's pistol and shot himself in the head. Judas could have been forgiven if he had just not taken preemptive action before he heard the words of life. Because in literal sense, in a very literal sense, the thing that people need to hear is we love you. We see more in you than you see in yourself. We see the beauty and the majesty and the wonder of all of who you are. We do not define you by some ugly thing you've done or some thing you failed in. We have all failed. If the truth was known, you'd, I wouldn't want you to know where I have fallen. I keep it very close, but my heart breaks for you. These are the words of life, my friends. And we always look at this kind of thing, how to handle betrayal. You know what we always think of? We think of how somebody has betrayed us, right? Isn't that what everybody's thinking this morning? I want to thank for, for this last moment of my message. 
How do you handle betrayal when you are the betrayer? And that's really what this is about. As much as anything, it's about Peter swearing and cursing God and saying, I don't know him. Leave me alone. I have no connection with him. It's about the man who took the 30 pieces of silver, a lot of money, in betraying Jesus with a kiss in the garden. How do you handle betrayal when you are the betrayer? Well, the answer is the same. Words of life. And I offer those words to all of you betrayers out there today. If you're a betrayer, well, join the crowd. A lot of us have been that. But it doesn't define us for the rest of our life. And if we allow the devil to step up and say, you're done, you don't need to think about proceeding any further. Your life is over. And we listen to the voice of the enemy. We will destroy ourselves, either literally or physically or spiritually or relationally or whatever. Friends, the way to handle betrayal whether you have been betrayed or whether you are, betray, are the one betraying, is to remember that Jesus said, and Peter said, he has words of life. And those words are, though you have sinned, you may be forgiven. Though you have fallen, you'll be lifted up. I know the plans that I have for you, and I see a beautiful and wonderful future for you. So do not be discouraged and don't give up. Believe the gospel of grace. Cling to it. Be like the songwriter of the hymn. Nothing in my hand I bring, but simply to the cross of Christ I cling. I cling. Father, I want you to hold me. Hold me. And you will find that not only does God love you, <laughs> but we love you too. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.